AfroTales Podcast is a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Ahoy, my friends. Welcome aboard the AfroTales Podcast. I'm your storyteller, Amon Mazinga. Join me as we explore the tales that grew from the people of indigenous and African descent in the Americas and the Caribbean. After, come and see me, chef, who will impart upon you a recipe for the story you have just heard. So with no further ado, let us set sail on this new age of exploration. This African legend may be the source of the stories about rolling calves that are told into Jamaica to this very day. This creature is an unpleasant ghostly black bull that seems to enjoy following and terrifying its victims when they are unfortunate enough to be caught out late at night. He is likely to confront you on some lonely moonlit road in the bush where he will stand with eyes dripping fire, shaking his enormous horns and striking sparks as he paws at the ground. Around his neck, there will probably be rattling chains. Not that one should endeavor to check this out because if you touch him, you will surely die. It is said, however, that if you defeat this bull in mortal combat, you will live forever. But there have been no claims so far for this Lonsdale belt of life everlasting. The rolling calf is only the servant of the original African bull, Gashanami, the god of vengeance, who had the ability to grow to enormous size at will. An encounter with any member of this bovine family, it is to be discouraged because folks go missing after they cross the path of these mad bulls. The favorite haunt of these calves of our terrible seems to have been in the rugged cockpit country of Trelawney, but I am sure that they get around quite a bit. There may very well be numerous calves from Gashanami, because it is said that murderers and butchers become rolling calves when they leave this mortal toil. Or do you think it's true that plantation owners made up the legend and passed it around to stop slaves from wandering at night? Gashinami. Gashinami bellowed out his terrifying challenge to the surrounding countryside. This gigantic bull stood, a magnificent sight, his fiery eyes surveying the valley below, where he had been on a rampage with his calves bringing terror to the surrounding villages, slaughtering all that stood in their path, for no one ever survived such an encounter. The villagers were so afraid that most were staying close by their huts, where they hoped that they would be safe from this orgy of bloodshed. All that is, except for a beautiful maiden of the tribe, who seemed to be immune to the dread that was seeping through the community. She was in need of a clean garment. So collecting her washing materials together, she left the circle of huts and headed for the river. It was a warm day and she sang as she rubbed and beat her dress on the large, now smooth stone that was close to the water. So engrossed was she in her labor 
that she failed to notice the strange stillness that was falling all around. Bending over the river's edge to rinse her apparel, she was startled by the reflection of some large creature that stood behind her. And spinning around, she found herself looking directly into the red eyes of the mighty bull. Dropping her laundry, she sprang to one side to escape the monstrosity, but to no avail. For Gashinami lunged forward, and the screaming girl was impaled on one of his enormous horns. He tossed her about in the air like some old discarded rag doll before flinging her gory corpse up into a nearby tree. There it hung and bled until she was found by a horrified party of villagers the following day. It was wailing and gnashing of teeth at the funeral of yet another victim of this duppy beast and all was despair for the future. When a warrior leapt to his feet, shook his fists to the heavens, and cried for revenge. Who will follow me into the forest and slay our oppressor? It was Koa, son of the chieftain, a favored fighter amongst the young men of the tribe. Everyone turned away in shame, for none of his people had the courage to face their worst fear. Undeterred, Koa took up his trusted axe and left the cowardly village, determined to take his own personal vengeance to the god. Starting by the riverbank, he located the spore of the murderous animal and began his relentless mission to find and strike it dead. He soon became aware that he was on the right track because he followed the gigantic hoofprints to devastated bush and the remains of unfortunate animals who had been unlucky enough to meet up with Gashinami. Hearing an enormous disturbance ahead, our prince climbed high up into a cottonwood tree, wedging himself securely in a fort branch and began to sing. Gashinami, you killed my mother, but you won't kill me. Over and over he dared the bull to mortal combat. Gashinami, you killed my sister, but you won't kill me. The terror of the bush replied with stupendous roar. Lumbering at the tree, snorting from smoke-filled nostrils and clanking its weighty chain, the bull struck the tree a shuddering blow, causing Koa to cling tightly to his protector. Gashinami, you killed my brother, but you can't kill me. The bull doubled in size and rushed at the trunk of the cotton tree with a resounding thud that shook it to its very roots. But our mighty denizen of the forest held firm. Once again, the duppy grew to even more monstrous proportions and the duel between two of nature's giants waged for hours after frightening hour until the relentless slamming of the massive head slowly began to take its toll. The white trunk started to yield and bend under the constant bombardment. Over and over it leaned until 
its clinging occupant was coming dangerously close to Gashinami's blooded horns. So our brave warrior sang once again, I see dry trees fall, but green trees never. So bear up for me now, bear up forever. It almost appeared as if the heroic tree shook itself, then groaned and creaking, it slowly raised its head to stand once again, tall and proud amongst his neighbors. So this marathon battle between Gachinami, the cottonwood tree, Koa, and magic waged for two whole days and two seemingly endless nights. On the morning of the third day, Gachinami was exhausted and unable to match the magical chanting of Koa, so he lay down to gather his breath, falling into a deep, weary sleep. This was the moment of victory. As Koa slithered down from the tree, he raised his patient axe and delivered the death blow. To the huge terror of the forest. Koa is now eternal. But where are the calf followers of the God of Vengeance? Seeking their revenge in the wild places of Jamaica. That's for sure. The end. Wow. So first off, I want to say great story, right? From W Stories by David Brailsford. Great, awesome story. Secondly, I want to say this is episode 100 for the Afro Tales podcast. I have done 100 stories for you guys. So if you do not have or you have not heard all 100 stories, please go back and listen that means there are a lot of great stories that i have put out there for you guys and i am happy that you have allowed me to do this for you and i will continue to do it as long as you listen and share and subscribe and everything with your friends okay i'll keep doing it as long as you want me to now let's get into this story Gashinami, the Vengeance, the god of vengeance, right? I looked up Gashinami, couldn't find it anywhere. I read the story, I read the legend. I could not find Gashinami, the god of vengeance, anywhere. A lot of gods in Africa, a lot of gods of vengeance around the world, but not the bull, right? And so you wonder, okay, is the intro correct? Were these created by um, plantation owners to keep slaves in line? No. I don't think so. I don't think this came from that. Or at least not solely. They may have heard some stories and then um, added a little to it. But I don't think so. I think the rolling calf is an interesting um, offspring of Gashinami because it utilizes murderers and criminals and stuff to do its task and turn them into the rolling calf. And if you've seen a rolling calf, it is definitely not the same description as... Gashinami, all right? They're not the same being. 
One is a giant, ghostly, dark bull, that an actual bull with large horns that impales its victims and slings it around. Now, I'm going to tell you what or where Gashinami comes from right now. The Cape Buffalo, to me, must be the origin of Gashinami. It kills an estimated 200 people a year. Now, when you look at the Cape Bull, you might think of the water buffalo. Two completely different bovine. One is wild. The Cape Bull cannot be tamed. It is just too aggressive and won't have it. While as the water buffalo is tamed around the Nile in, in um, I guess, Western Asia, you could say. The Cape Bull has been known, like I said, to kill up to 200 people. It's large, black. If you, this how I can identify it from a water buffalo. The Cape Bull's horns looks like a handlebar mustache just sitting on top of its head. But don't take it as a joke, obviously, because it will kill you. And being one of the top, one of the big five to be hunted in Africa, it does come back and get its vengeance. And I think that's where the story comes from. Tribes hunting the Cape Bull or the Cape Buffalo and it coming back and getting its revenge. And then that finding its way to the West Indies and Jamaica and then turning into the rolling calf. If you believe something different, please let me know. Um, Afrotales cast everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, or Afrotales um, podcast at Yahoo. Um, email me. Tell me. Text me. Let me know what's going on. If you know the true origin of this and this story is wrong let me know i would love to hear it this bull is super interesting to me and it's new like i never seen anything like it i love this type of stuff all right well that's all i have for you today so go see chef he has a wonderful recipe for you Hopefully, it's a Halloween treat. Um, if not, then it'll be something great no matter what. All right? So, until next time, as always, have a blessed day. Oh, and watch out for that bull. Welcome, my friends, to the game. I am your chef, chef, and today we have a wonderful recipe inspired by the story you have just heard, and also Samhain, Halloween, that spookiest time of year. Today we will be creating poison candied apples. Now, what will you need for the recipe? Four honey crisp apples, stems removed. One and a half cups of sugar, half a cup of water, 
a quarter cup of light corn syrup, six drops of red food coloring or whatever food coloring you so choose, eight ounce neon green candy melts or whatever candy melts you desire, and a tablespoon of canola oil. Also, you will need sticks to put in the top of the apples. Now, how do we put this recipe together? Easy. First, insert the sticks into the stem or the bottom portion of the apple, you know, for a little variety. Line on a baking sheet with parchment paper or wax paper. Add the sugar, water, and corn syrup to a medium saucepan. Fit it with a candy thermometer. Bring to a boil over medium heat. Then cook until the temperature reaches 300 degrees Fahrenheit or 150 degrees Celsius, about five minutes. Remove the pot from the heat and stir in the red or black or green, whatever color food coloring you have chosen. Dip the apples in the syrup to coat entirely. Then set on the prepared baking sheet and let cool until the candy hardens. About five minutes should do. Add the candy milks to a medium microwave safe bowl. Microwave on low power, about 20 second intervals. Stirring between until fully melted. Stir in the canola oil until smooth. Let cool slightly. Then transfer to a squeeze bottle or a bag for piping. Let cool for five more minutes or until the candy sets quickly when squeezed out of the bottle. Use the melted candy to draw the eyes and nose on each apple. Then outline the rest of the apple and let set for 15 minutes until completely hardened. You can also put this in the refrigerator to accelerate the process. And that is it my friend. Now, go make this recipe. Have fun. It is Samhain. It is Halloween. And let me know how your recipe and your apples come out. And until I have another wonderful recipe for you, remember to stay away from a bull or a calf roaming the streets at night. As always, my friend, enjoy. Thank you for joining us on this voyage. Thanks to Art by Chalet for the logo, episode, and t-shirt designs. You may also get a t-shirt and other items on tpublic.com. You can contact me on all socials at AfroTalesCast. That's Afro, T-A-L-E-S, cast. And email me at AfroTalesPodcast at yahoo.com. You may also become a benefactor by simply sharing with any and everyone, giving a thumbs up, 
or rating in your podcast app of choice. If you wish to donate, I am on Patreon and coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com. So, until we meet again, may your wins be fair and your seas follow. <laughs>